What is going on, Cyclone Nation? It's Chris Williams here from the Bahamas with Iowa, uh, Iowa covering Iowa State basketball this week at the Battle for Atlantis. I'm actually here um, with the Cyclone Radio Network. I'll be doing play-by-play uh, throughout the week as John Walters is going to be calling the Iowa State football game coming up obviously on Saturday in Manhattan. I want to wish all of you a very happy Thanksgiving week. Of course, this is one of my favorite weeks of the year. Selfishly, I just I I hate being away from my family. I, that aspect of it is really hard. Now that I have two little girls and of course my my wife, but it, from a pure sports standpoint, I love this week. I love the uh, if you're a, if you're a hoops junkie, I like the unique matchups that we get in this feast week, I think is what it's called on ESPN. And you just get so many matchups and you see coaches go head to head that don't normally go head to head. And you see just teams and, and you learn a lot about your team too. I I think that we'll certainly do so with Iowa state here in the coming days in the Bahamas. Um, But it's fun. Like I, I just like watching different conferences go head to head. It's great. And then on top of that with football, you have, Rivalry games pretty much across the board. Most of these conferences now are trying to do that. Iowa State and Kansas State have been deemed rivals, which I, th- I think is fair. I mean, um, Iowa State hasn't really done its fair share over the last decade or so. Of course, that started last year. So hopefully the Cyclones can make it two in a row on Saturday in Manhattan. And we'll have more on that coming up later in the week with um of course it's cyclonefanatic.com but i'm gonna be podcasting from down here on the cyclone fanatic network um podcast network feed i will do some writing too um i've just been kind of um bombarded with a few things and i didn't get monday musings done so i'm gonna incorporate a lot of that into today's podcast where uh, I'm going to just kind of be all over the board. I'm going to do a basically a Battle for Atlantis preview for you guys, and I will also be um, touching on some Iowa State football topics. And I also have audio from today's Battle for Atlantis press conference with Steve Prohm, Tyrese Halliburton, and also Mike Jacobson. So that will come up, and I will tag that at the at the end of the podcast. But – um, yeah, let's let's get after it. Um, I'll start with basketball since that's what I'm down here for, and then we'll we'll get into some football stuff. I, you know, Michigan's really interesting to me. Uh, with the Jawan Howard is is clearly a big story not only down here but in all of college basketball this year. I'm not so I'm not necessarily sure that a lot of fans realize that he's been an assistant coach in the NBA for six years. It's very similar to when Fred Hoiberg took over Iowa State. Now, clearly, Michigan is in a much better spot now than when Fred got the program. But Howard comes in. He I don't know if you guys realize this. He hired Phil Martelli from the longtime St. Joe head coach. He's been a head coach for 34 years. I think he was at St. Joe for 17. Uh, he, he held over a guy on Beeline staff, much like Hoiberg did with Otzelberger and Bobby Lutz. You see the parallel? And um, and then the other guy he brought in was Jalen Rose's high school coach out of New York. It's crazy, or maybe Detroit. I'm not sure, but regardless where Jalen was from, it's it's really a similar deal. They're playing four guards basically, 
They are spreading it out. John Beeline played one of the slowest styles in college basketball. Uh, we It's a four-game sample, so you can't read too much into it, but this Michigan team is playing significantly faster. They're in the like mid-150s, so it's not a scorching pace or anything like that, but it's different. And it'll be a real challenge for Iowa State, but it's a similar type of situation, though, in the sense that Michigan lost its top three scorers from last year. They're all kind of, you know, adjusting to new roles and, and doing new things, and you're seeing that right now with Iowa State. I think you've got a lot of guys who are kind of just, you know, figuring out who they are and who they want to be and what their roles are and all that good stuff. I, I think it'll be a really good game. I have not seen a point spread for it yet. I do know that Ken Palm had Michigan as a slight favorite in this basketball game. That doesn't really surprise me. Um, but, yeah, I, I can just see a lot of parallels between these two basketball teams. I I do wonder, um, and I think that this is going to be a question for Iowa State that they're going to have to figure out a lot this year, is as far as you, if you're going to play two bigs and you're going up against one of these versatile teams with, with a bunch of guards, you know, how do you counteract that? I think that that's going to be a big, big challenge tomorrow. I asked Steve Prohm, what, what is the one thing that you have to do if you guys are going to win? And he told me they have to defend the three-point line. So that's, I know that's Iowa State's focus. Um, believe it or not, you know, I know that we as fans all concentrate on offense and you're wondering if Iowa State can hit some threes and all that. It's been, you know, really kind of tough being in Iowa State, um, if you like to watch the three-point ball the last couple of games, they're not really that concerned about it, to be honest with you. They are they're focused on the defensive end because this team realizes the way that it's going to accomplish its goals is, is by being gritty and playing tough on the defensive end and that the offensive stuff is going to come around. So keep that in mind as you get ready to watch tomorrow's basketball game. Really a, a, a stacked field. You've got four top 15 teams, you know, North Carolina, Alabama's interesting. It's Steve Prohm's alma mater, James Kane's alma mater. David Hobbs used to coach there. He's on Iowa State staff. The Zags, Seton Hall, who'll be coming to uh, Hilton Coliseum in a couple of weeks. Oregon, Southern Mississippi, who we just got an eye on the other day. Uh, really a fun field, and it is a an amazing place down here. I, there's already a ton of Iowa State fans. I've bumped into a lot of people, met a lot of people, and uh, I think that today, Tuesday afternoon, is when the majority of people were starting to roll in to the Bahamas with basketball starting tomorrow. But, uh, you know, just a few things to keep an eye on. They have a seven-footer, um, Teske. He's a really good post defender. He he could give um, you know he he could give our guys a little bit of a, a of a challenge down low. Um, Livers is a guy who averaged like eight points a game or something like that, and he, um, you know he's up uh, he scored in the twenties a couple times already this year. He's a guy who's extended his role. Xavier um, Xavier Simpson is his name. He's a little bit like their Tyrese Halliburton. Doesn't shoot as well, but he's involved in everything that they do. Six last year in assist-turnover ratio. So that's a guy who's absolutely going to be a factor when it comes down to it tomorrow. And as I mentioned, I mean, Michigan is still – it's like they have a lot of like um, Zion Griffins where it's like, who's this guy going to be? Is he going to step up and be a major contributor? Is he going to be a guy at the bench? They're figuring that type of stuff out. So I'm fired up. I'm I'm ready to get this game 
going tired of talking about it let's let's get on the hardwood tomorrow it, it is a bit of a unique setup down here if you guys aren't familiar with it and this could affect some shooting just across the board it does every year I was talking to some of the tournament directors and um, teams often shoot better the, the farther the longer they're down here but it's a it's a ballroom like think of like a really big ballroom and they put a court and they put some rims in there and you go it's a crazy crazy deal when you walk in for the first time but it, it'll be really cool i mean you all seen it on tv it's dark in there there's the blue lighting there's all that good stuff all right um that's my iowa state basketball talk again we'll get to the press conference stuff here coming up i do want to have a uh, couple of comments on football um for you know i was looking at good things that came out of saturday's win over kansas which was kind of a you know first and foremost just to get out of there with a win and you consider iowa state was down in the fourth quarter uh which was a little bit frightening there for a while they this team plays its best football in the fourth quarter which i i don't know what that means but i do know it means they don't quit and they keep grinding and it's a positive in that sense um, Brock Purdy's been phenomenal in the fourth quarter you guys know that he was 10 for 10 on Saturday the last three games um, up backed against that Oklahoma State game him in the fourth quarter has been nothing short of spectacular and I don't think it's crazy for next year really and I, I, I hope I hope you all can listen to this and uh, not call me a homer because I, I don't think I'm being one he'll get some he'll get some play for the Heisman Trophy in the offseason seriously he like if you just look at his numbers if you look at what he's been doing I don't think that's a crazy assessment to make I'm not saying he's gonna be one of the favorites he will get mentioned like when Vegas comes out with it's uh the you know the odds to win it in the offseason Brock Purdy will get mentioned I promise you that he will be top maybe 10 heading into next season and maybe I'm not even giving him enough credit there but I was I was on the fl flight over here I was just going through numbers and stuff and it's like gosh man he has been so good uh another thing I had jotted down is the emergence of Will McDonald just being an absolutely terrifying figure to opposing offenses to scheme for kind of been waiting all year for this to happen he was a big storyline in the offseason but by my account, he's had his two breakout games the last two weeks. He's done good things prior to. But it was the Texas game and the Kansas game when I thought McDonald really broke out into being that guy. Now, he's still not very good against the run, and he's got to get better to be a four-down type of guy. Not there yet. But what he is is one of the most dynamic pass rushers that I've ever seen at Iowa State when you bring him in on third and long situations. Two sacks on Saturday, got held on one of them. I feel like Will McDonald is held every time he's on the field. It just, and I'm not saying he is. It looks like that, though. I bet he's been held 15 times the last two weeks, though, and they haven't been called. Seriously. He's just such a dynamic guy to bring out there as a specialist. A little bit, and, and he's got a long ways to go to be this guy, but how Kirk Ferentz used A.J. Epinesa early in his career – where you put him in spots where he could be successful. And I think that Iowa State did a pretty good job earlier in the year when they were they were messing around with the linebacker thing, and they didn't want to put him in bad spots. They identified it early. This isn't working the way we want it to. And they've, they've continued to evolve 
and I, I he's just so much fun to watch when he's on the field. I find myself just begging for third and long so I know I get to see Will McDonald play. I I was talking actually um, with Eric Heft. We're in the Philadelphia airport waiting to get on our flight down here about next year's defensive line. You know, it's painful to lose Ray Lima and Jamal Johnson, but have you guys – I don't know if you've thought much yet about just the embarrassment of riches Iowa State has at defensive end with, you know – Jaquan Bailey coming back and he should be better than ever I would think um, you've got Zach Peterson Blake Peterson guy we haven't seen much of but I know that they love I've heard about this Corey Suttle kid and how much they're in love with this guy he's a he's a true freshman right now you got Will McDonald Inu Wazarike who I could see him moving to the middle we'll see you remember Isaiah Lee last year played really good football as a freshman? We haven't seen much of him this year, but he's a guy they still really love. And then, you know, Blankston, who committed last week, the JUCO, and that, that may have been the biggest target in the class. It's exciting to think about. Again, I'd love to have Lima and Jamal Johnson back, but this is definitely a major strength again as we kind of – we're not turning the page yet, but we are starting to peer ahead at what next year's roster might look like. At least I do. I, I think, too, and Jack Whitford and I talked about this after the game on Saturday. A challenge for this defense and the offense will be to to continue to evolve. I, I do think, and I, I would love to talk to Matt Campbell about this. I just haven't been up in Ames on a Tuesday for the last few weeks to do so. There's got to be something, too. The fact that there's so many of these Big 12 defenses that are playing this scheme now. Because it used to be Iowa State would show up and you're like, oh, why are they only playing three down linemen? And it was so different. And you could disguise coverages and do all this stuff. Well, now every defense that these Big 12 offenses see every week, including their own, plays the same thing. Now, I know Iowa State does some different things. As Matt Campbell likes to say, you can't major. You have to major in what we do, not minor in it. But, I, you know, I was wondering, like, how could Kansas's offense have so much success? Well, I think that offensive coordinator is really smart. But I also think towards the end of the year and when you've seen something as many times, maybe that has something to do with it. And maybe I'm overthinking it. I don't know. But um, there's not a guy I'd rather have at the helm than John Haycock. I think Iowa State tried to do that this year with Will McDonald, and they were looking into the linebacker thing and – messing around with that but it just obviously didn't get to that point it, I, don't, I don't know that's something to kick around in the offseason as well Iowa State a slight favorite over Kansas State on Saturday I think Iowa State's a better football team but as we all know Manhattan Kansas is a weird weird place Jared Stansbury will be there with coverage for you starting on Saturday morning all right um, that's all I have for now I will be I will be hanging out with you guys throughout the week, your Thanksgiving week, and we will be continuing to podcast from here. I will do some writing as well. I promise. Hopefully, Iowa State uh, can knock off Michigan. It's a lot more fun when you get into that winner's bracket on the first day. Uh, if they win, they would play the winner of North Carolina and Alabama. Lose, you play the loser of that game as well. First game of the day tomorrow at 11 o'clock local time. Your local time, that is. All right. Um, 
I'm going to take a quick time out so we can thank our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to play the audio from today's press conference here at the Battle for Atlantis. It's not very long, but um, I, I really like Steve Prohm's opening statement. I think you guys will too. Check that out next here on the Psych One Fanatic Podcast Network. Uh, first off, it's great to be here. Uh, we're excited to be here and be a part of this uh, Battle for Atlantis tournament. And thank you for everybody involved. Uh, I'm very, very appreciative. I talked to our guys. Uh, you know, we were at Maui last year. We're here this year. You know, the the best preseason tournaments in the country. Uh, but we're here because of the guys that played before us. Um, you know, Coach Hoiberg, you know, George Niang, Monte Morris, Melvin Edgem, uh, Matt Thomas, Naz, you know, all these great guys, Deontay, Abdul Nader, all these great guys that have come before us led the way to put us in this tournament. And so you really challenge your guys to honor them and honor Iowa State while they're down here. And so we're excited to be here. We've got an unbelievable field, four top 15 teams. Uh, we got Michigan and, um, you know, Juwan. And so we're really excited. Questions for the players first, please, if you have any. Tyrese, what are the challenges that Michigan poses for you guys? Um, you know, I shoot the three ball really well. We haven't defended, you know, the three-point line very well, you know, to start the year. Um, you know, got a big fella in Teske. You know, might give it, um, you know, size and things like that. But, um, you know, those are just some of the challenges that they they pose. What's the what's it like shooting in that ballroom? Um, I mean, at first it's just like you're you're on a long flight, so you're just you know getting used to you know shooting. Any it's the same as any gym, you know, uh, just a little bit different just because of uh, depth perception and and things like that. But you know, you get used to it. Terry, what what allows you to the assist numbers you have? Why why do you think you've been as successful as you have? It obviously you need guys to make shots, but what are maybe you doing exo better this year to sort of set them up for the right shots? Um, I don't know. Just you know, the summer I had, just you know, being able to you know grow my confidence and, and you know have confidence in myself and my game and, and different things. But you know, it's just a testament to my you know my teammates. They they make a lot of shots, and you know I can't get assists if they're not putting the ball on the hoop. So you know, it's big time from them. And then you know the coaching. Staff and you know, Coach Prom, they, they trust me to you know make the right reads and, and things like that. So you know, it's just a you know a combination of a lot of things. Mike, how are you? How do you feel you're adapting? I don't know if you call it a new position, but a new role, right? A little bit maybe. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just yeah, just trying to do what I can, be in the right positions. Um, you know, be ready when Reese finds me, and try and crash the glass as much as I can. Um, the offensive rebound the ball, which I think I'm doing a pretty good job of so far this year. And yeah, I mean, just you know, make sure my defense is is um, in the right positions there, and you know, guarding, putting pressure on the ball, things like that. What do you? How do you feel your shot is? It's good. I feel like it's good. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly what it is, but yeah, I feel like feel like I'm shooting the ball pretty well, and um, you know I got a lot of confidence in it right now. Mike Teske's one of the well, he was one of the better uh, post defenders in the country last year. What's what kind of challenge is that for for the big guys tomorrow? Yeah, I mean obviously he's just you know he's seven foot one, two hundred and sixty some pounds, so he's you know just he's going to be a presence down there. Um, we got to push him off his spots, not let him catch it too deep on us, um, you know, and just you know make sure we're attacking him, getting into his chest, getting into his body um, on offense. So just not let him be effective as as a you know shot blocker or anything like that. Did you guys, are you too young to like, watch like Jawan Howard much? Or I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah I saw the documentary. <laughs> yeah, I watched the doc- I watched the documentary plenty of times. So I mean, that's, that's all I really. Yeah, yeah, I watched it a lot of times. So I mean, that's as much as I've seen him play. I mean, he, and I was a big fan of the Heat growing up. So okay. he was on the, on the team. Okay. All right, thank you guys. Questions for coaches here.
Yeah, I read the book. I mean, I read the book. I watched the documentary. I mean, that, that's right when I was coming up. I mean, I was in fresh. I was senior in high school, '92. Freshman in college, '93. Uh, obviously, you know, I said this before last week. Got a lot of respect for what those guys are doing now. Obviously, you know a lot more about what Chris and Jawan and, and Jalen are doing, and um, you know. But you know about Ray and Jimmy. I don't know exactly what they're doing now, but I think all five of those guys are doing extremely well right now, and I think that's more impressive than anything. In what ways are Tyrese and Simpson kind of the same guy? I think they're both winners. You know, I re we recruited Xavier Simpson really hard when yeah. I got the job. Um, I think a lot of him. I just when I watched him play, I think he was with OBC Ohio Basketball Club, and I was like, man, this kid is a winner. He is tough, uh, a little different than point guards that I've had in the past, um, but just I loved everything about him, and I just thought he brought a lot of winning DNA to your program. And so, I think that I think they're both character uh, very high, both winning, winning players.